Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. And happy Sunday. Oh, we got a good show for you. We always do, but this one's particularly exciting to me. A lot of good friends on the show. We're going to kick off with one of the most dynamic new figures in the Republican Party. He's currently the lieutenant governor from North Carolina. He wants to be the governor next year. He wants to throw out the Democrats, and he's one of the most watched candidates. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, North Carolina, going to kick us off. He's got some big ideas he wants to share with us, including a way that Republicans can deal with abortion that doesn't ham it up the way they've hammed it up the last few years. I'll explain that at the top of the show. Then we'll turn to my good friend, former congressman from New York, Lee Zeldin, the man who almost stole the governorship of New York, dark blue New York, from the Democrats last year. He also was a man who was right there alongside of Devin Nunes and Cash Patel and all the others unraveling Russia collusion and also telling the American people that the Democrat story during the 2019 impeachment of Donald Trump on Ukraine issues was bogus. He was right. He was right. And he's going to explain why in uh, there. And then one of the new members from Oklahoma, Congress, Josh McSheen, is here. He's got some great stuff in talking about just common sense ways Congress needs to get their job together, get their act together. I always like that conversation. Then we'll turn to COVID-19. We can't stop reminding people of the failures that public health delivered during the COVID-19 pandemic, the interference of China in our economy. The mistruths that Anthony Fauci and other people delivered and the bad decisions that were made because none of it's been fixed yet. We've exposed some of it, but the system is still broken like it was heading into the COVID-19 pandemic. Think of it as December 2019 all over again. Well, Dr. Harvey Risch from Yale Public Health School going to join us. One of the cogent minds in this, the guy who called it right then, and he's got some good ideas for fixing it for the future. He'll join us. Harvey Risch, always a tremendous interview. And then we'll wrap up with Art DeCueto, the vice president of the Border Patrol Agents Union, for an update on the border. We can't take our eye off the border. It is a security vulnerability. It is a political catastrophe for Joe Biden. It is an enormous opportunity for Republicans if they get back talking about it. And Art DeCueto is going to tell us the real story of the border. We've got record numbers coming across again. Glenn Grothman, as you heard yesterday, said nine thousand children a month coming into the country without parents. Who's taking care of them? Probably not the U.S. government. It lost track of 80,000 of them already. We'll have that at the end of the show. And I think that's an important conversation to head into the weekend. All right. Sunday Brunch Edition next, right after these commercial messages. 
Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Amanda, we have a great guest to check, uh, kick off the day today. He is running for governor of North Carolina. He has been a sensation in the Republican Party since he became lieutenant governor of North Carolina a few years ago. It is Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. He joins us right now. Lieutenant Governor, great to have you back on the show. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here as always. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a great honor. Listen, everywhere I've been going lately, people talking a lot about parents' rights. They're really becoming concerned about the mindset that's see see seeping into these school districts, these teachers' unions. Uh, there in the state of uh, North Carolina, you've had a big battle over transgenderism, and Republicans won. Tell us a little bit about how that played out and what other states might learn by what you've gone through. 
Well, uh, fortunately here in North Carolina, we have a super majority and we have a number of, of, of members in our house that understand that, um, that uh, men don't belong in, in women's sports. And they understand that that's a simple premise and that North Carolina should protect women as they pursue uh, athletic excellence. And so they passed a, a bill uh, to make sure that women are protected here. Uh, and we're going to continue to do those things in North Carolina because the simple answer for me uh, when it comes to all of those things is just simply no. We're not going to present these things to our children. We're not going to uh, uh, sexually mutilate our children and allow them to have surgeries that uh, that only adults should be having. We're not going to present these things in our these uh, materials in our classrooms that are objectionable. And, and we're going to do what's right by our children. Education and, and our schools are a place uh, to teach our children what they need to succeed, not a place to indoctrinate them on things uh, that are unseemly or, 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 or adult topics that uh, that quite frankly frankly, only belong at home and, uh, and among adults, uh, we need to give them the tools they need to succeed. And that means getting back uh, to what works. Classic education, reading, writing, mathematics, and uh, civics and financial literacy and getting them career ready and uh, giving parents uh, the absolute right to choose their uh, children's educational destiny is paramount. I don't believe any school system is great unless parents have that right. Yeah, such an important idea. It's such Absolutely. a common sense idea. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, sir, North Carolina is one of, I think, the top six states in the country who are importing the most workers into your states from other states, particularly in the medical and health research sector. But I don't think that that portends uh, of, of something that speaks well of Bidenomics, because when I see a number like that, it is great for North Carolina. But it also tells me that people are suffering in other states and they are having to find places where they can have a better quality of life, where it costs less, where they can have the same pay in sectors like like you have in Charlotte. Talk to us about Bidenomics and how it has hit uh, North Carolinians. Absolutely. Uh, president Trump was 100 percent correct. When Joe Biden became president, he warned the American people, you are about to see an economic disaster like we have not seen in years. And certainly we have. The very first thing that this man did when he got in office, he shut down the pipeline that would provide fuel that would that would allow us to continue to keep our economy supercharged. Just about every economic woe that we are suffering from now is due to the fact that we refuse to drill for our own oil and fuel ourselves. And it is driving our economy into the tank. That coupled with the wild spending in Washington, D.C. is really hurting folks. And yes, unfortunately, uh, it, 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 when you look at it, uh, other states, uh, for North Carolina, it's a huge boom, uh, a huge boom because we uh, have set ourselves up to be the most business friendly state in the nation. So we're drawing in new people. But unfortunately, for some other states, it's a bust like California, where people are clamoring to get out. That once great state is now crumbling uh, because they have a leftist in charge and at the helm who is placing ridiculous policies based on agenda instead of principle. And it is literally, literally destroying his state. And I don't see how anybody in California can continue to support him. And I quite frankly don't see how people support any of these leftists who push these wild ideals that are destroying their states and cities. Sir, I was very blessed to come down to North Carolina for the Republican State Convention in this summer. And the energy, the enthusiasm, the innovation that the North Carolina Republican Party has uh, exhibited over the last few years. People are so excited about your candidacy for government. But there's a general 
forward-leaning strategy that I think a lot of other Republican parties around the country are starting to catch up to. What was the key? How did the mindset change? How did you get all those new voters in, all those new registrations, the supermajority in Congress? You have a playbook that I think a lot of other states can learn from. Folks here are working in, in heavy in concert. Our North Carolina party run by Chairman Michael Watley yeah. did a fantastic job during our elections, uh, despite what anybody may say. Uh, as tough as it is to ensure election integrity uh, as it stands right now, we did not have voter ID in place in the last election, and he was able to ensure that we had a cadre of lawyers and a cadre of volunteers across the state to make sure that not one vote was counted without a Republican in that room. And so we had a great uh, turnout there. As far as the energy with our party, it's evident. I mean, people are really starting to see the stark differences between uh, the right and the left. The right is, is passing policy that is based on principles. It's turned our state around since 2010. Our economic fortunes have, com have completely changed because of Republican policy. And then you look across the country with states like Texas and te states like Arkansas and states like Florida, where strong conservatives are at, the, are at the helm, and you see how energized their economy and their people are. The differences couldn't be more stark, and people are really starting to look at it. You want a great example of that? Look at the Dallas mayor. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, for a spell there, people were saying that North Carolina was purple. I don't think that's true. But while we're talking about red and purple and blue states, and the election next year, I wanted to ask you about a few nights ago, the second Republican debate. Um, a lot of people, you know, they love the process. They want to stick to, to tradition, go through the primary process as regularly scheduled. And then there are some people who say, look, at this point, you have someone who is over 40 points ahead by some metrics. We shouldn't be wasting rations. We shouldn't be wasting resources. What do we do from here? But your thoughts on that debate a few nights ago. I, I did not watch all of that debate. I was at the first debate in Wisconsin, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, quite frankly, I was very disappointed by some of the things that were said uh, by some of the candidates. Uh, there was far too many zingers and not enough substance. Uh, these folks need to realize that this country is in a crisis mode right now. Our border is wide open. Our economy is in a shamble. Our dollar is being threatened. And if it falls, we're going to find ourselves in a bad spot. This country is literally at war for its survival. And uh, I don't need people coming up on stage throwing zingers at each other. I don't need Chris Christie on stage trying to insult Donald Trump. Uh, I, what I need is I need some strong folks that are going to step up with some real solutions and some backbone. They're going to push back against what's going on right now and, and, and undo the absolute disaster that has been created by the Biden administration. It's time to stop playing games and realize this is not a game. We are at war here, literally, for the soul and, and, and for this nation's survival. These candidates need to act like it. Yeah. Uh, millions of Americans agreed with you because they peeled off from this debate, sir. I think they're thinking and nodding their head when they heard you speak. Uh, I want to turn when you came on the stage, your, your commitment to the First Amendment, to the Second Amendment, to life uh, uh, in America is so strong and it's so refreshing because there's no waffling. You're just straight where you stand. Uh, the Republicans are struggling with the issue of abortion, how to message it, where they stand, where their values are. What advice would you give a Republican right now on how to handle this with the onslaught of advertising that Democrats are probably going to unleash 2024. Well, here's the thing that I've come up with that, I, that I'm saying now, John, you know, I don't say that word anymore. Uh, the Democrats want me to say abortion. I'm not going to say that word anymore. I'm going to speak about what I believe in and what I believe in is life. 
And I believe that I should be fighting for every life in the womb. I should be doing everything I can to save every life that I can in the womb. And here's the thing, as an elected official, I have also got to do everything that I can to make sure that once that child comes into the world, that we are presenting that child and their parents with the opportunities to make their lives great. I said it like this. The message here is clear. I don't want to be the guy that's standing on stage uh, screaming down at a young woman who finds herself in a crisis place, who is pregnant uh, and, and, and really confused and in a bad spot. I don't want to yell down at her and tell her she can't have an abortion. I want to come down off that stage, wrap my arm around her and tell her why she shouldn't have an abortion and what I can help her to do to make her life and her child's life better. And I think that's the message we need to deliver. We need to start talking about what we believe in. And what we believe in is not abortion. What we believe in is life. Well, big thank you to Mark Robinson. Up next, one of my favorite guests, former Congressman Lee Zeldin. We're going to delve into the Biden corruption scandal right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Welcome back, America. There is now photographical evidence from the now defunct Burisma Holdings website 
that show Obama-Biden ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, meeting with Vadim Pajarsky, the official from Burisma, who worked very closely with Hunter Biden on that board. And while the ambassador was a key witness called to testify in then-President Trump's first impeachment trial, she told Congress the opposite of what we know now, and that's the Hunter Biden and Burisma relationship was, quote, not a front burner issue during her time overseas. One of those lawmakers from the hearings joins us to weigh in now. He's former New York Congressman Lee Zeldin, and he's here by phone. Congressman, thank you so much for being here. Welcome back. Uh, it's great to be with you both. Sir, you know, most Americans have never served in the State Department or been ambassadors, but I think most people would probably guess that one of your job descriptions as an ambassador would be uh, to be knowledgeable of and sensitive to any appearance of, of impropriety. Uh, the State Department at this point had already categorized Burisma as a, as a corrupt company. Um, does she have any plausible deniability that, that, that maybe she didn't know? I mean, it, look, I will admit I am bad with names and faces. Maybe she sat next to Vadim Pajarski that entire time and never knew who he was. Well, that would certainly be a convenient answer uh, if she's asked about it as far as the new impeachment inquiry, if she gets called as a witness. Uh, I sat through the the long impeachment uh, inquiry deposition uh, that she did years ago, a uh, member of the House, and uh, she knew so little about all of this. Uh, she indicated that she was aware of it. It came up during her Q&A in preparation of her confirmation hearing. Uh, as far as Hunter getting paid, it was one of assumption. Uh, this wasn't front of mind, as uh, you just pointed out. Uh, it, it She really tries hard to uh, distance herself from a knowledge component of it and, and as you start off with your question, while there are a lot of people out there listening who might not have served as uh, an ambassador, served in the State Department, uh, there is a responsibility uh, to um, be aware of these very sensitive dynamics. And here you are deal dealing with a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch running a corrupt Ukrainian gas company paying the, the son of the sitting vice president, millions of dollars, uh, and you have a, a vice president who's running point and getting the prosecutor general fired who was investigating Burisma, the fact pattern, um, when it really uh, all adds up, is, is one that makes it very difficult to be claiming plausible deniability. And I'll, I'll take it one step further. If you read the, the the transcript of her deposition, she's talking about the the one time that she was with uh, Joe Biden on his last trip to Ukraine before he uh, left office as vice president. And she was involved in the prep, in the conversations leading up to that. And the highest profile dynamic of of this engagement is leveraging one billion dollars of aid uh, in in exchange for firing the prosecutor general who's going after Burisma. So if you're involved in the prep calls, what was being discussed on the prep calls about the one billion dollar loan guarantee? What was being discussed about Burisma specifically? If you know if if that was in fact.
you know, a high profile concern that was connected to um, Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden's engagement with Ukraine towards the end of his time as vice president. So this idea that she is at great distance, extremely limited knowledge, uh, leaning on some assumption and trying to claim plausible deniability in my mind is not an option. And I think uh, she may need to be called again as a witness, but for a different impeachment inquiry. Uh, mm-hmm. That's an interesting, I want to ask about that, Congressman. Uh, it seems as though the story we got in 2019 during the Donald Trump impeachment no, more, no longer holds up. You have George Kent say, listen, uh, it was a conflict of interest for Hunter Biden to be on the board, but it never affected U.S. policy. Then he sends a classified letter that's now public telling Marie Ivanovich, man, Hunter Biden undercut our entire policy there. Uh, uh, the ambassador now, Ambassador Ivanovich, said, I didn't know anything except what I read the press in my Q&A briefing beforehand. And now you realize she had a meeting with Blue Star Strategy. She got a private detailed letter from John Beretta, the lawyer for Burisma. And she met not once, but twice in 2017 about uh, uh, with uh, uh, Vadim Pazarsky clearly allowing him to use the uh, benefit of her office to kind of gain credibility. And then in the end of 2017, she writes John McCain's outfit and says, hey, don't hang out with Burisma. They're bad folks. If she knew enough to tell John McCain's people that Burisma was bad, shouldn't she have known that the two instances that she had earlier that year with Vadim Pazarsky were probably not a good thing for the State Department? I, I think it's a great, great line of question. I think it's an important line of question to get out. How did this, how did these meetings even come about? Who's, who's requesting the meeting? Um, what kind of a follow-up engagement you get photos, but you know, what else, right. uh, what else is out there? Um, and, and, and digging into the preparatory calls with, with the vice president, what are you going to try to claim now? Executive privilege. You impeached a president of the United States saying that, that, uh, that president Trump, didn't have uh, an executive privilege with these types of of conversations. So, uh, yeah, I think that there's a a few different lines of questions. And in some respect, you're basically taking her deposition from when she previously testified, pointing to the evidence that you've been reporting on, and then just taking it through its natural course from there in a few different fronts, uh, because that was an impeachment inquiry going after President Trump. The impeachment inquiry that's launching now in the House with regards to President Biden, uh, there's a lot of overlap with the line of questions, but didn't quite go down uh, to the extent that, uh, th- that would give clarity and closure. Um, and we can't just sit back and assume plausible deniability at this point is is the closure on all on all points uh that that's a non-starter in my book yeah it's a good point absolutely congressman as we're having a conversation about corruptions swirling around the biden family we obviously have to talk about hunter biden and we saw that devastating poll that came out uh shortly before the weekend the abc washington post poll that showed uh, Joe Biden, nine points under President Trump, underwater under President Trump. Um, and I think the message of the culture of corruptions is, corruption is starting to resonate with the American people. But you see, you know, the deal for Hunter Biden that fell apart, the subsequent, uh, what was it, three uh, felony gun charges. And you look at that compared to, and a lot of people made these comparisons when all this information came out, the comparison to people like uh, you know, Wesley Snipes and Lauren Hill and Kodak Black and Daryl Strawberry and Sophia Loren and these people who did serve time for similar crimes. And I wonder if that's going to have an effect, if that is really going to land for the American people 
for the election next year. Is that something Joe Biden's going to have to fight hard against? Absolutely. It, this is not going away. Uh, Joe Biden has a lot on his plate impacting his growing disapproval numbers related to the southern border, to the economy and energy policy, uh, and also his ability to just complete sentences and stay on his feet. I mean, there's there's a reality here for those managing the president that uh, that look at at policy where multiple flanks are now exposed uh, to just the, the reality that competing for four more years in office uh, has a detrimental impact on on any independent minded American who is looking for basic competency and predicting, OK, in, in 2027, in you know, what condition is President Biden going to be in there? But I have met some extremely sharp people in their 90s, like people who Absolutely. work full time and are on top of their game. Uh, this right. isn't about just you know, a number of his, you know with his age. Uh, it, it, right. There's a competency aspect, and when you add the corruption piece to this, uh, I, I think a lot of yeah. people are going to be greatly concerned about the whole package. All right, we got a good common sense dose of wisdom coming from Oklahoma, Congressman Josh Burkeen. Up next, right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now 
with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, everybody. As sparks fly on Capitol Hill, we have a great next guest here to kick off the show uh, in this segment and referee all that's going on in Congress tonight, Oklahoma Congressman Josh Burkine. He's an important member uh, of the House Budget Committee, and he's here with us now. Congressman, it's great to have you back. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. John, you also. Sir. I'll be with you. Sir, as, as we were all watching the uh, impeachment inquiry, the first hearing of which obviously was this morning, a lot of talk about the, the foreign business dealings of the president and his son and his entire family. But you for a long time have been calling on President Biden to be impeached for the ongoing and devastating border crisis. We now know, as you tweeted, that the price tag for Americans is up to $450 billion. I'm sure American taxpayers would be interested to know about that with respect to uh, what's going to happen on Saturday. But talk to us about how you think it went this morning. Well, in, in regards to the uh, hearing, I have been focused on the budget. So I, I hate to push the uh, I don't know card because I didn't watch the hearing. I was in a skiff this morning <laughs> getting okay. some intelligence on on some FISA reform that's going to be necessary. Um, l- let me just say this. You did mention uh, the, the, the border, specifically the cost. It's one hundred and fifty billion dollars uh, per year. That's a new number. Thanks to Chairman Green that we um talked about this week, last week, maybe even. Um, that's what the taxpayers on the hook for. It's not just, you know, what we all know, what news that thankful to you all and others that are actually covering this catastrophe, but the taxpayers picking up both state, local, federal, $150 billion economic cost to the taxpayer a year. Just the federal is $66 billion. Um, that is multi- multiplied times over. I'll use Oklahoma. Our annual budget for the state of Oklahoma, um, for the state lawmakers, is about $10 billion. And, and so, you know, it's 15 times the cost of, of Oklahoma's budget just for the emergency services, the, you know, education, the uh, hospital services. And that's not, you know, of course, what we need to be looking at with those that are on the terrorist watch list and the leading cause of death of fentanyl age uh, 18 to 45 um, and just the humanitarian crisis um, that uh, this nation is compounding. We have human trafficking and making the the cartel richer uh, and more powerful in the United States. They are the new mob because of what this administration is is, uh, allowing uh, with their policies on that border. Yeah, it's a man-made crisis of epic proportion. It's just really extraordinary. Sir, being on the Budget Committee, you've got great visibility into the effort to try to get a budget together for the 2024 fiscal year. Can you bring us up to speed as the end of this fiscal year ticks to a a near end? Uh, Is there a chance for a deal? Do we see a few days shut down? What's your best guess based on what you're seeing right now? Yeah, look, I I think that... um, 
the, the likelihood of a shutdown is pretty high. I think you've probably seen reports of that. A lot of people talking about that. M- my hope and, and and my prayer, and I mean that sincerely for this conference, is, is it will unite uh, around uh, fiscal discipline and border security. And that will demand that this president, if you uh, are choosing not to have fiscal sanity, and you are choosing not to shut down the border, then shutting down the government's on you, that the Republicans could send a, a measure forward that would stop what we know is a $1,200 hidden tax inflation on every family of four right now. We know that compared to January 2021, that you will spend $1,200 more in a family of four to buy the exact same goods and services that you uh, did just two years ago. That's the hidden cost of inflation, devaluation of our currency. That's about 15000 over the course of a year. Goodbye vacation and goodbye the ability to, to upgrade a vehicle. So the, the great threat to our country that's unseen in addition to inflation is the debt loading that every baby that opens its eyes and takes in its first breath of air right now owes $98,000 because of that $33 trillion gross national debt. Wow. $2.2 trillion <laughs> will overspend this year. Mm. Oh, my wow. heavens. Um, sir, there are a number of items that Republicans are very, very unified on. However, I, I am still perplexed over the division over Ukraine. Uh, I think that a lot of Americans in the beginning were very supportive because we were kind of starting to understand uh, the relationship between between that and, and a possible Russian victory and, and aiding China and, and vice versa and, and scratch, the scratching of backs of the bear. Uh, and, and it was just a dangerous situation. However, we are at a place where numerous polls are showing that the American people are falling way behind on support of this issue. But it seems like this is still a hang up, or at least it was a few days ago. Is that the case? Well, I'm I'm grateful. I want to say Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, deserves credit of uh, saying, you know, thou shalt not pass. This is a, an issue too far. Many of us were sending word uh, to leadership saying we want that pulled out of the DOD. That my understanding is that the DOD is going to pull out what, and I want to make sure I'm clear because it's, you know, I don't want to misspeak. Um, many of us are absolutely opposed to uh, sending more funding. This $24 billion that's been requested by the administration, um, that's a non-starter for many of us. What Marjorie's issue was, and to her great credit, there is a $300 million expenditure that has gone to Ukraine since 2014, since you know the, uh, the Crimea uh, incident. But that has been since 2014. It's not new money that was ramped up um, specific to what's happened in the last couple of years. However, um, I support her, her effort, and I'm grateful that leadership decided to pull that out. I think it was the right thing to do. Um, uh, moving ahead, we're in a different situation than we were in 1980. We had a $1 trillion gross national debt in 1980. We'll overspend um, $2.2 trillion compared to our revenue. We'll overspend this year, in one year, what it took us 200 years of debt accumulation to get to in 1980. Wow. Economic security is national security for this country. And we have got to get our fiscal house in order. I contend, and you have generals saying this, that this is our great threat. How did Russia fall? They fell because fiscally... Um, they couldn't sustain themselves. How did how did the um, czars of Russia get taken under by the Bolshevik Re- Revolution in in 1917? They got into a world conflict that they couldn't sustain economically. Economic security is national security. I love George Washington's commentary in 1796, where he said, "You want to advocate liberty? Do it by commerce. 
Make make yourself the envy of the world where they want your form of government. Do it by commerce, not by force. That is a, a very powerful statement, still relevant today. Congressman, I want to turn to an issue important to your home state, energy. One of the great energy-producing states of America, Oklahoma, is yesterday a shocking revelation that came out of the House uh, Ways and Means Committee. They released James Biden, the brother of Joe Biden's uh, FBI interview. And in that interview, he said, yes, my family was trying to help CEFC Energy, a Chinese-owned energy company, buy American energy assets, including a liquid natural gas um, uh, entity down in Louisiana off the coast of the Gulf Coast. And we knew when we were doing it that the company was tied to the president, the communist leader of Chinese uh, China, uh, President Xi. The idea that the president's family would be involved in taking energy that they often don't want to give Americans, or they're cutting off energy here, and send it to the Chinese, knowing the company they were sending it to had connections to the Chinese president troubling to you? No, absolutely. The, the Corrupt Foreign Practices Act says that you don't have to be an office holder um, and be a recipient of funds yourself. If you have family members that are recipient of, of funds, then that's a violation of that federal statute. And, you know, there are three things that the presidency or any elected official, according to the Constitution, I think it's Article One, uh, Article Two, Section Four, right. uh, specific to the executive, that talks about three elements for impeachment. It's not just high crimes and misdemeanors or treason. Bribery is also inclusive of that. Well, good conversation with the congressman. Up next, right after this, I'll stroll down the pandemic pathway because we still haven't fixed a lot of the issues. Harvey Risch, one of the great epidemiologists in the world from Yale University, going to join us. He had the pandemic right when Anthony Fauci had it wrong. He's going to tell us what things need to be fixed and how right after these messages. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
Welcome back, America. Amidst all the other big news in Washington about corruption scandals involving the first family and, of course, uh, the big budget showdown and whether the government will shut down for a couple days, we don't want to lose sight of some of the very important developments that have occurred in recent days on the public health front, particularly a revelation that Dr. Anthony Fauci was sitting over at the CIA, maybe trying to hijack the narrative in one of our spy agencies. Pretty remarkable revelation by House Republicans. We have the perfect first guest to walk us through all of this. He is the Professor Emeritus of Epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health, and he's our good friend, Dr. Harvey Risch. Doctor, great to have you back on the show. Uh, likewise, great to be with you. I have to admit, when I saw this revelation from Chairman Winstrup the other day, I'm like, oh my gosh, where else could this story go? You have a, a medical doctor, allegedly, going over to the CIA and trying to get the uh, CIA to buy into his story. Pretty extraordinary if this is true. How troubling is it for science to be involved in intelligence and politics? Well, it's a colossal mistake because science needs to have its absolutes in the truths of nature and not in people's motivations, uh, self-motivations or political motivations. So it, it's really bad to conflate science with politics or anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been truer that politics makes strange bedfellows. Um, a few weeks ago, we had Ambassador Jeff Gunner of Iceland on the show, and he's also a medical doctor, and he said something really interesting. He said, when you combine uh, politics and medicine, you get politics. And I think for a lot of people, the concern is that, especially after COVID, we have moved into an era where do no political harm trumps do no harm to the patient. Is that is that the medical culture that we are looking at now that we're going to have to find a way to reform? Well, my political opinion, rather than a scientific opinion, is that people on the far left see their political power as more important than the state of the country. And so they'll do anything to anything. They take the stage for other reasons, and then they they put out their political views and messages. And when it comes to science, they take every opportunity in science to push their political messages. And, and that is totally corrupting. You can't have as as the the representative the, the ambassador has said we we've always said uh politics plus science equals politics and kind of flippantly if you subtract politics from each side of that equation you get science equals zero that's what it does it makes science zero mm. and so uh, you, you either want science or not and and you have to settle with what science gives you which is absolute knowledge and not political knowledge yeah I, I know we know the answer why Dr. Fauci was so invested in not allowing the COVID lab leak theory to come out. But knowing how much evidence would eventually reach the American public, you can't keep a secret in Washington, no matter how hard we try. Secrets just don't last there anymore. The risk for Dr. Fauci, for his legacy, for the trust in the American public and the public health institution was really put at risk by his gambit. Uh, what is the fallout from that? Do, do Americans still have a grave distrust of the public health officials that are going to be in charge of the next pandemic, whether we like it or not? Well, if we were really up to public health, no, uh, people doing what public health has always done in respiratory pandemics, we would have done the opposite on, on essentially everything that we did throughout yeah. the pandemic. This pandemic was six days or so after President Trump declared an emergency, a national emergency, was handed off to the National Security Council, who asserted that the, the virus was a bioweapon, and therefore they were uh, enfranchised to create 
create uh, biological countermeasures, which is what the vaccine was called. Vaccine was not called a vaccine, it was called a countermeasure. And that puts it into a different class of, of regulatory consideration and approvals and rollouts and who does what. But it also put the, the military in charge of all of the other measures that were taken, which includes the, the lockdowns, the masking, the social distancing, and, and so on, the testing, and all of, all of those um, methods for controlling the pandemic, which violated what were the established respiratory pandemic measures that were laid out in a paper in 2006 by Tom Inglesby and Don Henderson. That was how pandemics were supposed to be managed. You, you, it, almost like the the Great Barrington Declaration, you protect the people right. at high risk, and you let everybody else live their life, develop herd immunity, and move on because the normal risk people are just not severely damaged by the, this infection, and they weren't then. They, we had propaganda to tell us that the mortality from the vaccine was something like two to three percent, which was a lie. It was. 0.2%. This was known in the first month or two of the pandemic as worked out from the Diamond Princess statistics that was done by um, Dr. Reed uh, Sheftel and Dr. Jay Bhattacharya worked this out later with his seroprevalence studies. So we already knew early in the pandemic that the mortality was way down and, and therefore uh, compared to what the, the messaging was and the propaganda was, and therefore there was no reason to have done all the draconian measures that were pushed and enforced on the population. Those were military measures, not public health measures. Mm. Dr. Rich, we, we so often have you on this show to talk about COVID. Um, people may not even realize that you have an extensive history and experience in cancer, uh, in, in research, in uh, cures, early detection. And I wanted to ask you about something that you've been speaking about recently, these, these instances of cancer. And, and I think the one example that you gave was someone who was very young, I think 25 years old, uh, getting colon cancer with no family history, something that typically uh, you see that hereditarily. So is this something that we actually need to be worried about as far as post-vaccination cancer? Well, it's something to be moderately concerned about, but not freaking out, I would say, that we don't know the quantitative scope of this problem yet. We do know that these strange presentations of common cancers have been occurring. So colon cancer in a, of a non-familial type seen in a young person is unusual, especially when it comes in at stage three or stage four. That's already late in development. Mm -hmm. This is a cancer that normally occurs in, in 60-year-old people, plus or minus. It takes 30 years to develop. And so it's something that takes 30 years to develop can't happen in a 25 year old under normal circumstances. Um, <laughs> we've heard we've had, uh, you know, people, women who've come in with ovarian cancer with their abdomen distended, not filled up with ascites, which is fluid that's created by the, the cancer, but filled up with tumor itself, filling their whole abdominal cavity. These are very unusual presentations. And so we're on the on the watch for this to see how much this is happening. We don't know yet that this is any substantially larger in number than the kinds of cancers that one normally sees. There are always, of course, strange cancers that occur at the you know the fringes of the common kinds of cancers. So we have to basically watch this and quantitate it more. We have to go back to HMO databases and start looking at what they've been diagnosing and at what ages and when. 
and try to make sense of this pattern. And and it's a little early, given that it takes cancers two, three, four years, even the, the early ones like leukemias and lymphomas, to, to start from scratch and come to diagnosis. It's going to take a little more time to see what these other cancers are doing. But, but the main thing is just to be watching and, and carefully and seeing what happens. All right, folks, the border, the border, the border. We're not going to finish this week without having a candid conversation about the national security, the political implications of the wide open and now very chaotic border. Art DeCueto, the great vice president of the Border Patrol Agents Union, going to round out this week's show. We'll be up right after these messages. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We wanted to go down to the border today and uh, give you an update. We're very lucky to be joined today by Art Del Cueto. You know him well. He's the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, a truth teller. He's seen all that danger up close and personal, and it's great to have him back on the show. Art, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. You uh, saw this moment uh, coming. You told us a while back, the cartels will slow down a little bit after Title 42, but wait till the fall. Well, here we are. More than 261,000 foreigners illegally crossed the border in August, an all-time record for the month of August. It's pretty bad down there right now, right? It's horrific. And I'll tell you, the problem is it's like it seems like every month we revisit and say, oh, look, another record. Uh, I don't think we should be proud of these records that we are breaking all of a sudden. Uh, and it's all because of the broken border policies of uh, President Biden. And it's going to continue to be that bad because, uh, you know, this administration just shows no political will to stop it. And when they speak about it, they either ignore the problem or they say, oh, there's no problem whatsoever. But, but I can tell you, it's continuously record numbers coming across. And what is worrisome is you have individuals from all over the world that are coming across. The majority are military-aged men. You know, it's, they're not coming with women and children, but some of the media will focus on, you know, if a child comes across, which is horrific. But remember, this is all being caused by this administration. And the problem I think that we're going to see is not just month to month until the administration, you know, until the end of the administration or if we get somebody else in office. But I think this is something that's long term that we will continue to see for many, many years. Uh, and it's just caused because of, you know, the destruction and chaos that the, this administration has allowed. And it's all strategic. The ones that are lining their pockets are the drug cartels. They know where to send the groups, how often to send them, how, what size to send. And it's all distractions so they can get their drugs into the country. Yeah. 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 This has turned into a well-oiled machine for the cartels. Um, maybe this is a pipe dream, but I... I feel like if things get bad enough, Americans will wake up, American voters will wake up, and that will, in turn, that's the way it's supposed to work, 
uh, direct policy by the administration in charge. Um, and you have little pockets of people, you know, in AOC's district and this group of people on the south side of Chicago who are talking about, you know, resources that are supposed to go to those people going to uh, illegal immigrants. But it, it, it clearly has not gotten bad enough yet. I hate to ask this question because it sounds, you know, so it, it, it's really, really negative. But when will it get bad enough? I think it's bad enough now, honestly, when you start seeing places like New York, that they're seeing, you know, their, their historic hotels that are filled with individuals sleeping everywhere. And now you have individuals, you know, uh, causing issues about it and talking about it. You know, I have friends in NYPD that, have, that I've spoken to where they're, you know, overwhelmed with, I guess, the mopeds that a lot of these individuals are buying mopeds online. And now they're driving all over the place with mopeds. You know, they're unlicensed. They don't know the rules. So they're having issues with that. I think it's gotten bad enough. But, uh, you know, this is where the problem is. Those people that are in those political positions in charge of those cities that said, hey, come one, come all, instead of saying, hey, President Biden, you need to fix this. You need to stop this. Point the finger where it's at, where it's supposed to be pointed. Instead, what they're doing is they're asking for more money so they can cover up the problem. You know, and that's the issue. They're too busy caressing the problem and not addressing the problem. Yeah. Mm. And they have now created an entire trafficking system to take these illegal immigrants from the border to the interior of the country by the hundreds of thousands. A big moment just a few minutes ago. This just broke on Just the News a few, a few seconds ago. A judge in New York ordered New York City to vacate illegal immigrants from a former Staten Island school. That's a big win for residents in Staten Island. And earlier today, I talked to the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, who said he's looking at taking some litigation against another colony of illegal immigrants north of Houston. Uh, in addition to securing the border, the human trafficking aspect of this has to also be addressed. How bad or how sophisticated is the human trafficking to get all of these illegal aliens now to the interior of the country? Well, you know, you guys said it best. It's a well, unfortunately, it's a well-oiled machine by the drug traffickers. They know exactly how they're doing it. They, knew, they know where to go, where not to go. And at the same day, at the same time, they know how to control the media because they know how to, you know, send bigger groups in one area and that'll distract the media to go see things in, in, in one spot and not the other. Uh, case in point, a couple of weeks ago, Arizona was responsible for the largest week of apprehensions ever in the history. And that was 13,000 apprehensions. And just right after that, a group of 2,000 crossed in Del Rio. So, you know, a lot of the focus turns around and says, hey, look, it's a group of 2,000. So what happens is, you know, we forget about the 13,000 in the week in Tucson. And I think all that is because the drug cartels, like I said, they're a well-oiled machine. They know exactly what to do, where to do, and what distractions to cause. Yeah, great point. Yeah, Art, um, John just mentioned that win. Um, I also wonder if this is a win or maybe it will amount to nothing. But Alejandro Mayorkas has uh, very last minute announced that he is actually going to go to the border on Saturday. I think the, R the Rio Grande Valley uh, RGV, as folks down there call it. Um, do you think anything will transpire, anything positive, any improvements, any fixes at all? No, he'll go down there and he'll take some pictures. You know, and say he was down there, unfortunately, because, you know, we keep seeing different things that come into play. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the the Disneyland Fast Pass, as I like to say. People aren't using it because the drug cartels control where they're going to cross. You know, they recently said they announced that they're going to be working with Mexico about sending some of these individuals back to through Mexico that came through there. Well, the law is very specific. It says, you know, if they come across and they ask for asylum, they still have to go through the asylum claim. So at the end, I think it's just a lot of uh, snake oil salesmen uh, going on by the agency and by some of the members of this administration to distract the public from the actual issues at hand.
Yeah, and in his hands, in Mayorkas's hands, is the Department of Homeland Security, which we created after 9-11, after the worst terrorist attack in American history. 151 illegal immigrants have already been captured on the terror watch list this year in fiscal 2022. That's an all-time record. Uh, there is more to this than just the sight of illegal immigrants. There is a serious security vulnerability staring us in the face, right, sir? No, definitely. And like we've said, you know, you have groups that come across, you have individuals that are on the terrorist uh, watch list, but at the same time, you have individuals that have never gone through the check systems of the United States. So when you do fingerprint them and you check and see their, you know, their, their past history, nothing comes up. But that doesn't mean that, they, you know, they haven't committed crimes in their country. So realistically, you're releasing people that you know nothing about into our country. Mm, frightening. Art, I just want to ask you before we go, because we, we have all seen the numbers recently about the uh, amount of fentanyl that's been seized uh, all across the border, but between uh, border points. When you guys seize fentanyl, something that we know is very deadly, I can't remember the, the number of micrograms that, that's a, a fatal dose, but I know that what you all have seized has been enough to kill many, many, many Americans many times over. When you seize something like that, I hope that it is... I hope I hope that there is a sense of pride for you all and gratitude from the American people because you are literally saving lives. And and is that something? Is that a message that resonates with your with your agents? You saying it is something that resonates. So I appreciate. I want to thank you, you know, for actually saying it because that is a big deal. Uh, unfortunately, we're, it's so overwhelming out here right now when you're getting you know fentanyl, heroin, and meth. Uh, and if you just look at the street price of these drugs, the the street price of the drugs has not gone up. And that means that, you know, the supply is still here, unfortunately, and it's being, uh, you know, it continues to grow because of the failed immigration policy. It is a domino. So when agents are busy apprehending large groups or they're busy processing or transporting, that is when the drug cartels take advantage to bring more drugs into the country. All right, America, that wraps up the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you had some good wisdom here. A lot of great guests today. A big thank you to Mark Robinson, to Lee Zeldin, to Josh Burkeen, to Harvey Rich, and of course, to Art Cueto. Not only to him, but all the men and women of the Border Patrol that fight against impossible odds to try to give us some semblance of security at the border in spite of the Biden administration's policies. Wow. What a great lineup that was. I learned a lot today, and I know you did too. Be sure to uh, download the Just News app from the Apple and Android stores. They haven't done it. It's a great way to read, listen, and watch Just the News content. Plus, you get badge alerts. You can be kept abreast of the top breaking news every day. All right, go watch some football. Go spend some family time. Go for a walk. Enjoy the fall weather while it's still with us. We'll be back Monday with some exclusive reporting. Until then, God bless you and have a good night. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.